y'all, this is Aaron again. So glad to be here with you today. Also with me is Cassidy Gaylor, one of our DL interns. Hello. All right. So here's what we're going to talk about today. T today we're going to talk about the idea of using your influence in somebody's life in order to positively change how they're living. And specifically, we want to talk about taking the area of someone's life that they give you to speak into it and actually saying things to them that they need to hear. So in all of our lives, we give different people uh, varying degrees of importance when it comes to the things that they say. So one person might say something, and no matter how smart it sounds, it means nothing to you because you haven't really given them an ability to speak into your life. You don't care about what they have to say. Somebody else comes along, though, on the other hand, and says the same exact thing, and you might think it's like revolutionary, like, oh my gosh, that just blew my mind. Uh, we do that a lot with pastors and different teachers. You know, your home pastor might say something in the church that you've grown up in, and, and maybe it's just dry and it's dull and it's boring, and you're just like, I don't even know if that's in the Bible, even though it is. And then Andy Stanley says something, and all of a sudden it's like the greatest thing you've ever heard in your life, whether it's in the Bible or not. Well, we do that in individual relationships too. We do that with our friends. We do that with the people that we interact with every day. And here's our thought. Your friends, the people that you care most about, you listen to the things that they say. You give a lot of importance to the words that they speak. But here's our question is, how much do they actually say? Maybe y'all talk a lot, but, but we're specifically talking about how much do they say to you in order to change your life, in order to maybe take you from the place that you are and move you along in your relationship with Jesus or in your personal growth or in your maturity level. Now let's look at the other side, and that's your parents. Now your parents depending on what your relationship with your parents look like, and I want to be sensitive to the fact that a lot of people have varying degrees of relationships with their parents. Some of y'all might have had parents pass away. Some of y'all might not have a good relationship with your parents, all that stuff. I'm not trying to, to, to paint a broad stroke in an insensitive way. I'm just trying to, to say, in general, our parents are going to pretty much point out anything and everything they see. Just... That's what parents do is they see something you do wrong and they make sure you know about it. They see something you can be, do better and they're going to tell you. But a lot of us don't really care too much about the things our parents say. Because of the fact that they seem to tell us each and everything that they see, we're almost going to let it like roll off our backs and in, ear, in one ear, out the other, you know, as the expression goes. And so... In those two scenarios that I just described, there's a really big problem. And that is that we care about the things that our friends say, but our friends aren't really going to say a whole lot to us oftentimes. And then our parents, who are going to point out each and everything that we can improve on, well, that stuff doesn't really matter to us. So we give a lot of importance to the things that people say that actually aren't saying much, and then we don't give a lot of importance to the things said by the people who are trying to help us out. 
And so I was sharing this idea with Cassidy the other day, and she had some really good thoughts. Cassidy, what do you think it looks like for us as disciples then in that model to interact with the people that we meet with? This is how I visualize that space as a discipler is kind of the middle ground between both. And so if you're looking at a spectrum um, or a continuum, you've got friends on one side and parents on the other. And so middle ground is literally that space in between where you're able to draw on the benefits that you get from both your role as a friend and your role as a parent. Um, and so this is where you want to live and breathe as a discipler. And so to me, this looks a lot like as a friend, um, you've gained their favor. Um, and so you've got their ear and you've built a trusting and good relationship with them. Um, and so they're going to listen to you. And then as your role as a parent, you get to step into the authority of being able to speak into their life. Um, and so every parent, a lot of parents, I don't want to, so this is just a generalization, but a lot of parents, um, they tell you things um, and advise you in things because they love you and because they want more for you. Um, and so they're really looking to guide their son or their daughter um, into more. And as a discipler, that's what you want to do with your girl or guy is guide them into more of what God has for them. And so a lot of what we do is looking to find that middle ground um, and that balance of being friend and parent. Yeah, that's perfect. How do you specifically do that? How do you find that middle ground where you think to yourself, okay, the things that I'm going to say, this person's going to listen to, and so I want to make sure that I speak them? I think the biggest thing, one of the most important things, is just trial and error. Um, things that are intangible, like the middle ground, Sometimes you don't know it's there until you brush up against it or until you cross it. And so you're just kind of looking to find the boundary of what middle ground is. Um, and so for me, that also looks like identifying when I'm uncomfortable and why I'm uncomfortable. Um, and if it's because I've realized like, hey, I think I need to tell this girl um, or give her a piece of advice that she may not want to hear in this moment, but she needs to hear. It's recognizing that that could be uncomfortable, but that I need to step into that. And then so, so in that way, it's acting in the middle ground. Yeah, that's perfect. It's really what you're saying is it would be easy for me to not say something. It, it'd be easy for me to, to keep silent on this issue because, hey, this person likes me. This person wants to, to listen to me and stuff like that. And if I say something that, that they don't like, I might lose that ability for them to listen to me. But the whole point of them wanting to hear the things you say is so that you can actually say things that are significant. Now, you've had experience a little bit with this uh, with your sister. What has that looked like for you? Honestly, it's been pretty hard. So my youngest sister, she's two years younger, um, and we're really close. But I found that in the last couple years, I've had to figure out what the middle ground is for her. Um, and again, like the biggest way I've done that is trial and error. Um, just knowing that me saying, like I might be the only person in her life that is going to say something. Um, and whether she wants to hear it or not in the moment, and usually she doesn't want to hear it, I still want to say that to her because I love her. 
um, and I want her to live out of her full potential. Yeah, very cool. I, I think it's really important that, that you said you might be the only person that will say something to her that needs to be said. I, I'll also add on to that and say you might be the only person that would say something to her that even not if not in that moment, eventually she'll listen to. Because my thought with, with this whole parent versus friend continuum idea that, that you were talking about is our parents nag us about our stupidity and our friends justify our stupidity because they're silence when we do something dumb or as we've all probably experienced, them doing the same thing, it almost makes us feel okay about the things we do where where if you do something wrong and you tell your friend and, and they're like, oh, I do that all the time. You're like, oh, well, must not be that bad. Or, or you watch them do that thing. You're like, oh, I can get away with that. I can live with it. And so this idea that you know our parents nag us and our friends almost kind of like justify or make right the things that we do that we shouldn't, that middle ground is so important. That middle ground where someone's that that we're really willing to listen to is willing to say like, "Hey, you're better than this," or, or like you said, "Hey, I want more for you." And so, chances are, somebody in their life at some point probably told them, "Hey, this isn't right," or "You need to do this different." But like what you were saying with your sister, you might be the only person to say it to her or if nothing else you might be the only person to say it to her that she's willing to listen to and that's that's where we get into a lot of issues with our parents where you know in our own hearts to be honest we get prideful we get rebellious where we're just like I don't care what you say I'm just not going to listen to you we as disciples have the opportunity to kind of step into that space of I'm going to speak into your life And I'm not going to say what's necessarily easy for you to hear or what you necessarily want to hear. I'm going to speak what's best for you. And we get to step into that place knowing that the the person I disciple, they showed up today. So they at least want to hear something I have to say. And if they're going to give me their ear, like you said, I want to at least make it worthwhile. I want to at least say something that could benefit their life instead of just kind of maintain the current course, the current quality of life that they're on. All right, so Cassidy, you've talked about this whole idea of trial and error, and it takes time to figure out where the middle ground in is and, and what it looks like to, to quote-unquote, live there as a discipler. Define that for us a little more. What does that look like for you to trial and error, uh, figure out the middle ground? I think there's a balance to everything. And so my thought here is that there needs to be a balance between saying something and not saying something. There's also going to be a time and a place um, for words. And so being able to figure out when that is is really important. Um, And you'll probably get better at it the more you just try it. Um, And you can also always apologize if you say something Um, too soon. So if you say it and afterwards you realize maybe that didn't have the impact um, I wanted it to, or maybe it didn't come across the way I wanted it to, you've already identified that. And so the next time you talk with your girl or or your guy during DT, um, you can tell them that and you can apologize and say what you meant to say. And that's 
all part of finding the middle ground also. Yeah, for sure. That's really key in discipleship, which is what you mentioned about apologizing, where there, there are times where as these mentoring relationships that we take on with students, it can feel like we're trying to quote-unquote be their parents. And we never want them to feel that way. We never want them to feel like we um, are, are taking a place that they haven't given to us or, or really that we don't need or want or anything like that. We, we want to make sure that they understand that what it looks like for us to be quote-unquote like their parents is for us to want good for them even at the expense of maybe them liking us. Like that that's what I think it it looks like for us to to find that middle ground is hey, my primary concern in this relationship isn't that you think I'm cool or or that you think I'm funny or that you love everything I have to say to you. I'm here to help you grow. I'm here to make sure that that you're taking steps towards being uh, a better person and a more mature person and 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 doing what God has for you in your life. And sometimes that's going to mean sacrificing um, comfortability, like what you were saying, not just for me, but also for you, where if, if we're in a discipleship meeting and I feel uncomfortable saying something, chances are you're going to feel uncomfortable hearing it. But I'm willing to sacrifice that comfortability. I'm willing to sacrifice maybe your quote-unquote enjoyment of our meeting every week if it means that the purpose of discipleship is accomplished, which is you growing. Another thing you said that I really liked is you said that you're going to learn this over time. And we don't just mean this year. We don't just mean this year and next year or or even as long as you're at Wesley. What we mean when we say you're going to learn this over time is hopefully the rest of your life. Hopefully the rest of your life you're engaging in relationships that look like this middle ground. Because in, in our kind of explanation of this friend zone and parent zone on this continuum, we haven't been describing what should be. We've just been describing what typically is. Now, ultimately, the desire is that our parents, they may always nag us, quote unquote. Uh, they may always say way more than they should or way more than we necessarily need them to. But that doesn't mean that we can't listen to what they say. That doesn't mean that we need to just turn our ears completely off. We can't affect how much they say to us unless we engage in conversations with them and and try to explain to them, hey, I'd, I'd prefer it if you talked less about this or, or whatnot. But at the end of the day, what a discipleship relationship can do for us is teach us how to give authority in our life, parents, pastors, um, teachers, bosses, whoever it may be, a little bit more of our ear. It can teach us that, that at the end of the day, authority, for the most part, is looking out for our good. They're, they're wanting us to experience more. And because of that, they deserve to be listened to. And not, not only do they deserve to be listened to, it's for our good that we listen to them. And so part of what you're doing in, in your discipleship relationships is you're teaching people for the rest of their life to let authority speak into their life and for them to listen to it, for them to give a greater level of importance to the things that their parents, for instance, say than they currently are. 
here's the other thing you're doing, is you're teaching them to pick friends on the other side that will actually speak into their life. If you're going to if you're going to care a lot about what somebody has to say, well then you better put somebody in that position that's going to use that level of authority or or place to actually say something. You know, we want to we want to be people that not we don't just listen to what our parents say, we pick friends who will give us something to listen to. And and you may have to look at your own life and say like who who am I giving my ear to? Is it the people that justify my bad decisions or don't call me out when I make a bad decision? Is it people who are just totally fine chit-chatting about nothing in particular? Or do I actually have friends who maybe my relationship with them looks a little bit more like a discipling relationship than a typical friendship? Um, because in a discipleship relationship, it's about one person caring about another person and then saying what needs to be said in order for them to experience the good things God has for them. I mean, when you take that simple definition, that sounds an awful lot like a friendship. That sounds like the kind of friend that you should want is somebody who's not just going to let you wake up, go through your life, and then go to bed and never say anything of consequence to you. You want to pick friends who are who are willing to cross a, a little bit of that comfortability barrier and to actually say things that make your life better, actually help you become the person that God created you to become. And then the flip side is, I want you to be those type of friends. And what Cassidy was saying, where where you learn over a course of time to find that middle ground, I want you all to be the type of friends who learn how to move past the territory of, oh, we're just comfortable with each other, and oh, we just goof off, and oh, we just chit-chat, into like, hey, every once in a while... My friends say something to me that's kind of hard to hear, or I say something to them that's kind of hard to hear. Those are the type of friends we want. Those are the type of friends we want to be. Something I talk to the people I disciple about all the time, uh, the, the disciplers that I coach, is my, my dad's a great example of this. My dad has five or six friends that he meets with on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and they just talk about life they hold each other accountable to things they encourage each other um they they call each other out when they need to get called out and and that's just how he does life to him that's what a friendship is about and, and if if his friends aren't really willing to go deep like that then i mean a lot of times he just kind of thinks to himself is this even really a friendship and it's one of those things where 20 years from now, 30 years from now, those are the relationships I want. Those are the relationships I want from y'all is people who are willing to sit down and have lunch or coffee and then actually have meaningful conversation that that goes beyond just really simple, easy questions that let you hide and them hide. Um, and so I hope this has been helpful for y'all as disciples, but, but more than that, I hope this idea is something that, that you can take beyond just your experience as a disciple at Wesley into the rest of your life where this is the kind of friend I want to be. This is, this is the kind of person I want to be. Somebody who lives in that middle ground where if someone gives me their ear to listen to me, I want to give them something to listen to. I would agree with everything Aaron said on that, um, that an ideal friend for me is someone I know who's going to be there for me and go through life with me um, and tell it to me straight. 
And so that's really what makes a friendship for me. And then when I think about my role in a friendship, um, I just kind of look at it. I ask the question, and this might be a little more for discipleship than necessarily a straight friendship, but I ask the question, what does this moment require of me? Um, And that also helps me decide what I need to say and when I should say it, Um, because I want to say it out of love and I want to say it uh, so that they benefit from it and feel loved through it. Um, And so asking what, asking myself and asking God, what does this moment require of me guides me into what I need to do. All right, so y'all are amazing. We love y'all so much. Thank you for everything you do. We hope you've learned a little bit some, some today. If you have any comments, questions, please feel free to email us at leegrow.wesley at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We'll talk to y'all next week.